welcome to the time is now i am your host michael stafford it is may the 25th and last night we had a late night in the nhl overtime games everywhere this summer is going to be a hot one so we outside to fight and the boxing cards are stacked but first but first we got to talk about that nba playoff action we have Melita Johnson, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, going to give us some advice and some tips to how to get through it. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. In the NBA, let's start there. This past Saturday, we had the Mavericks versus the Clippers, a four versus five matchup. It's a matchup rematch from last season's playoffs in the bubble where I felt like the Mavericks could have beat the Clippers if they just had Chris Dasperzingis and it's interesting to see how the Clippers have fell back into the fourth seed saying we'd rather face you guys than playing against the Lakers in the first or second round Mm -mm -mm. but look what happened on Saturday the Clippers Luka Doncic in particular just dominated I think Kawhi Leonard needs to step up and just face Luka all game long as Luka just had his way as Dallas Mavericks beat the Clippers 113 to 103 to take a one game lead over the Clippers. Next, we had a game that went to overtime as another matchup from last season's bubble. Went back last season, the Heat dominated the Bucks, winning that series as a gentleman sweep four to one. I said it won't be so this year. I said it'll be six games, but the way it's looking, maybe not. We'll get into that later. The Bucks end up edging out the Heat 109 to 107 in overtime. Celtics versus the Nets, two versus seven. I I still see it's going to be a sweep. Celtics started off hot. Um, Jason Tatum did his thing, but then in the third quarter, the Nets just proved who they really are. And they edged them out by 11 points, 104 to 93, as the Nets take a one-game series lead. Finally, we have the Trailblazers versus the Nuggets. Trailblazers versus the Nuggets. The Trailblazers right now are fully healthy, and I feel like this is going to be probably one of the best series people are really sleeping on this series because it comes on all the games are coming on so late so people in the east coast didn't get a chance to see it this game was kind of close early but by the third quarter it was already early dame time dame went off in the third quarter as the trailblazers took a 123 to uh, with a soundingly 123 to 109 then on sunday 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 with my lakers went against the suns that was the marquee matchup um the game was pretty close given that the fact that ad did not play very well lebron didn't play that well either the team was very mediocre i think boba needs to make some adjustments playing gasol more and less drummond unless drummond can then keep um deandre ayton off the boards ayton was killing ayton is the key to the series if Aiden continue to eat like that which i doubt that he can but if he can then this will be a very long series for the lakers the lakers right now lost the first game 90 to 99 i see them rebounding strongly in the next game next we have wizards versus the 76ers this should be a very short series as well 76ers are one of the best teams in the league they won on sunday 125 to 118 to take a one game lead over the wizards this is probably the game of the weekend hawks versus the knicks as trey young has that that last late shot with 0.9 seconds left to go in the game for the go-ahead win to beat the knicks at in new york in the garden to shut up spike lee 107 105 Memphis versus Utah. This was the shocker of the weekend as the eighth seed are on a nice little streak right now playing playoff ball for the past month. And you have all those dogs over there that are not afraid of anything. They aren't afraid of Utah. And as you have the antics, this is what I want to focus on. The antics from Rudy Gobert. Remember, 
when the pandemic started last year. He was the one joking about it. it was the first one to contract COVID in the NBA that we know of, joking around about that. Then on the sidelines, after he gets, after he files out, in, in in making excuses saying that oh i don't know how the game was being called you know you just got to boss up and play your game and he's doing antics on the sideline as slow-mo just bumps him and he starts flopping around even his own teammates looking at him like what are you doing so if, if gobert can get himself into the game and get his mind right i don't see what's going to happen they do they're they are saying that um mitchell spider mitchell should return for the next game coming up so we'll see if that series ends up going deep or utah just dominates them but Memphis Grizzlies edged them out 112 to 109 to take a one game series lead. Then last night, last night was the night of the blowouts. <laughs> the Bucks took a two game series lead. It was not even that close. It was 132 to 98. Just a drumming 34 point win. That's the second largest loss in Heat history. I thought the series was going to go six, maybe even seven. I still had the Bucks winning, and I actually had the Bucks winning the Eastern Conference, but let's, let's walk before, let's crawl before we walk. The Bucks came out hot early, hitting three after three after three. The men from the bench, you had Forbes going off. You had McConnell going off. Drew Holiday showing why he's got $100 million. Giannis even hitting threes. It was just, I'm telling y'all, y'all y'all not paying attention. This team is, yeah, I, I, I'd even bring up, Bobby Porter, getting him was huge as a role player coming off the bench. And then you still got the man from the corner, P.J. Tucker from the corner at Sedona. Man, they're dangerous. They put up 46 points in the first quarter to stamp their mark on that game. I believe they won every quarter except for the last because the game was out of contention. They actually won the last quarter as well, 25 to 20. This is just a drumming from start to finish. Just killed them. Then the Nuggets came back after Dame time, tried to catch live again and go off. Nuggets went ahead and matched that and ended up beating them by 19, 128 to 109 last night, as that series is now tied at a one game apiece. Tonight, what to look forward to in the NBA tonight. I'm going to laugh in a little bit. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. First, you'll have Brooklyn versus Boston. I feel like Brooklyn's really going to, Brooklyn's going to do what, what Milwaukee did to the Heat. They're going to beat this, the brakes off these boys tonight on TNT. Uh, the second game of the doubleheader, you have the Lakers versus Phoenix. I feel like the Lakers are going to just edge out Phoenix. Phoenix is going to come out hot. Booker's going to go off again. Chris Paul is going to have a better game, but Aiton's game is going to decrease, and you're going to have AD, a monster game from AD. You're going to get a triple-double from LeBron. Lakers going to tie the series one-to-one. -one. And then <laughs> it's interesting because the third game is coming on half an hour after the Lakers-Phoenix game, and that is the Clippers in Dallas. Clippers still getting no love and respect, even from the media. That game will be on NBA TV. It will not be nationally televised on TNT or ESPN or ABC or whatever the major networks. So that'll be on NBA TV, pretty much going simultaneously with the Lakers-Phoenix game. So not, not a lot of eyes on that game, as that will be 10.30 Eastern time. No one staying up to see two Western teams duke it out, especially the Clippers. So that's what we have to look forward to tonight when it comes to the NBA. Before we done with the NBA, some awards came out. We had Jordan Clarkson, formerly drafted by the Lakers, who won Sixth Man of the Year. And the Coach of the Year, we saw, talked about it last week, Monty Williams got Coach of the Year. Now, Jokic is looking like he may win the MVP. Right now, those are all Western Conference players. And then we even have Michael Porter Jr., who should be a finals for Most Improved Player. Man, are the East going to win anything? I think Julius Randle might win the Most Improved Player, but we have to wait and see. It might be all East. Even Defensive Player of the Year may be Rudy Gobert again. So it looks like the, the West may just dominate 
all the major awards. That is crazy. I would just love to see all my former Lakers really doing damage in the league. Let's go into the NHL. In the NHL, we had a lot of interesting things happen over the weekend. First, we had the... Um, who do we have advanced? We had, actually, I think we had the Colorado. Yeah, we had the Colorado Avalanche sweep the St. Louis Blues 5-2 to go ahead and advance. And then who else advanced? Um, I forgot who else advanced. I'm sorry, guys. I really can't remember. Oh, yeah, the Boston Bruins. Boston Bruins beat the D.C. Capitol 3-1 to advance 4-1 in a gentleman's sweep. And then Winnipeg. Winnipeg went ahead and took a 3-0 lead over the Edmonton Oilers, winning 5-4 in overtime. And also, too, in overtime this weekend, we had um, the, the the Nashville Predators over Carolina, so another overtime game. It was just a lot of overtime games. We had a double overtime game um, last night with the New York Islanders beating the Pittsburgh Penguins 3-2 and taking a 3-2 game lead over the Penguins. Then we had the um, Toronto Maple Leafs take a 2-1 lead over the, the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So that was pretty interesting. In game three, they, they won 2-1 to take a 2-1 lead over Montreal. Then we had, yesterday, we had the uh, Florida Panthers take a win 4-1 on a Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa Bay Lightning still hold a 3-2 lead, looking to close that series out very soon. And then finally, last night, wait, hold on, that wasn't finally. We had one more game. We had actually the Las Vegas Knights versus the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild won that 4-2 to close up that series, get a little closer matchup in game five. Las Vegas still leads that series 3-2. And then finally, the late night game had me up late last night when Winnipeg ended up sweeping the Edmonton Oilers in a triple overtime. You had um, Hal Connor. I remember the, the breakaway goal. He they, It was going back and forth, back and forth. Seven minutes into the third overtime, you had Kyle Connor do it. They had it. They skipped the ball. It wasn't icing. Went all the way across. Did a breakaway one-on-one versus the goalie and, and just edged out. Got in the top left corner right over his shoulder. It was amazing. It was the longest game in franchise history as Kyle Connor put that series away and end up sweeping the Edmonton Oilers in third overtime. That was long. Um, <laughs> three overtime seems like a lot, like a lot. Okay, so tonight you have game four with the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, that'll be tonight on one of the NBC networks as Montreal looks to take a 3-1, a commanding 3-1 lead over, um, I'm sorry, as Toronto looks to take a 3-1 lead over the Canadiens. Also, we have the Nashville Predators versus the Carolina um, Carolina Hurricanes. Let's see could emerge in Game Five and could take a series lead. Will it be Nashville? Will it be Carolina? Got to wait and see. So the playoffs have been very interesting so far. Um, it's actually been pretty pretty good, looking looking good going forward. So we got to see how that turns out. Go ahead, stay tuned. Look at the NBC channels. So now let's talk about this summer and boxing in the boxing world this summer. Okay, so after Jake Paul and his destruction of Ben Axren ahead of Logan Paul's exhibition showdown with Floyd Mayweather, that narrative's been taking hold. It's like it's like it's like the sport of boxing has been clowning. They, people are not taking it seriously right now. But there's some high quality fights coming up this summer, and the tw this summer shaping up to be a feature of impressive slate of major showdowns, including a pair of heavyweight title fights, um, 
you know, it's kind of disappointing what happened between Tyson Fury, Anthony, and Joshua, but I, I still love Deontay Wilder, so let's see how that turns out. On the sixth, we have Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul. Okay, now, there's some disadvantages. Mayweather, um, you know, is, little, is older, it's smaller. Those are his clear disadvantages. However, he's a superior fighter. As um, Paul, who was, def was defeated by KSI, another YouTuber star who does not know how to box in his pro debut. Maybe there'll be some sparks between Mayweather to fight Logan Paul's brother, Jake, after he beats him up and gives him a boxing lesson. Jake is the one who actually stole Mayweather's hat. Let's see how that turns out. Now, on June the 19th, we had um, Naoa Inoue versus Michael Desmarinas. Okay, so a lot of people who don't know, it says Inoue is one of the bo uh, boxing's top must-watch attractions. In his 10 most recent fights, Inoue has only gone the distance once. That fight coming against Nonito Donaire. Is one of the best fights in 2019. Okay, Nguyen is a force of nature and someone worth tuning in to see the fight every time out, even if it's against someone like Yasmiris, who is capable enough fighter, but not, you know, like a needle in a haystack type of move of kind of boxing. But it's going to be a good fight where he holds the WBA and the IBF belts, as Bob Aram has suggested. The Japanese slugger will move up and wait after this fight, which means they already know they're going to win the fight. Now, on the rest of that day, on June 19th, there's a bunch of fights to watch. It's a stacked deck. Like I said, it's going to be great. So you have Jamal Char um, Charlo, one of the Charlo twins, who's going to fight Juan Macias Mateo. And they have a stacked undercard on Showtime. And then Jaime Monica versus Macias Levechi on the zone. And Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is going to fight MMA legend Anderson Silva on pay-per-view. And Teofimo Lopez versus George Cabasosos on pay-per-view. There's a little something for everyone there with some main events and some questionable quality, good undercar fights, and even some gimmicky nonsense like Chavez versus Silva, but it's peppered throughout those cards. So it's gonna be pretty interesting to see. So if you're just looking for a bunch of people hit themselves in the face, June 19th is your day to watch. Now, June 26th, we have Vasily Lomachenko versus Masayoshi Nakatani. Lomachenko is not taking any easy fight in his attempt to get back on track after losing to Teofimo in October 2020. Lomachenko, once arguably the top pound-for-pound -pound fighter in boxing, will face a tall, rangy, lightweight and Nakatani, whose lone career loss came against Lopez in a fight where he was the first fighter to give Lopez some real problems. Now, Lomachenko needs to win to reestablish himself as a player at the top end of suddenly loaded lightweight division and get back in the mix with some of the younger, fresher names at 135 pounds. Nakatani has the skills to not make that very easy. Jermail Charlo, the other Charlo brother, has a fight on July 17th versus Brian Castano. Now, Charlo holds the WBC, WBA, and the IBF Super Welterweight Championship, while Castano holds the WBO title. It's a legitimate battle between the top two fighters in the division. As important as the legitimate nature of the fight for all four belts, Charlo and Castano are both fighters with fan-friendly styles who are thrilling finishers. This one would truly get exciting. Look for a knockout or something close to it in this fight. The next weekend, July 24th, you got Tyson and versus Deontay Wilder, three. <sighs> as much as I'm looking forward to it, I'm still kind of scared for Deontay Wilder. He's actually one of my favorite fighters. I, I respect Tyson Fury. I, I do not respect Anthony Joshua. We'll talk about him later. But I, I really hope that all this time down that Deontay Wilder had a chance to revisit things and see how he can better fix his craft and not just look for the haymaker every time. 
So it's a disappointment and is real. However, with this fight, killing Fury versus Anthony Joshua to determine the undisputed heavyweight champion after the dramatic draw in the first fight, Fury left no doubt in the rematch. So this is going to be pretty cool. So we got to take a look at this one. Hopefully, as they said, there's tampering in gloves. Let's see how this turns out moving forward. August 21st, Errol Spence versus Manny Pacquiao. This is going to be a good one, guys. I know Manny Pacquiao may be over the hill, but we all know what Errol Spence Jr. is going to do. We know Manny Pacquiao won't back down. Pacquiao is a bigger star, but hasn't fought since the thrilling split decision win, win over Keith Thurman in July 2019 to win the WBA Super Championship. His inactivity led to the WBA to demote Pacquiao to champion in recess with you guys promoted to full champion. But Pacquiao doesn't need a belt to make this fight any bigger. Back to Anthony Joshua. He's looking to fight Alexander Usyk, likely sometime in August. When Wilder managed to break up the planned heavyweight unification between Joshua and Fury, it opened the door for Usyk to get a shot at Joshua. Usyk was undisputed champion at Cruiserweight before moving to heavyweight when he immediately became mandatory challenger for the WBO title. A somewhat tepid win over Derek Chisora in his heavyweight debut took some steam out at Usyk's height. But this team wants everything they can do to get the WBA. So it's going to be a live dog fight with Wilder tied up and Usyk will be a live dog so there's a lot of good cards to watch this summer now really quick back on june 6 on showtime before the mayweather fight you got to take a look at something called i believe it's called the kings it's a documentary it's a four-part documentary over the kings of the 1980s who pretty much saved boxing during that period of time it's a it's a documentary about sugar ray leonard marvelous marvin Hagler, roberto no master Rand, sorry it's disrespectful but that's how i remember him and thomas the hitman hearns you gotta watch it it's gonna be very intriguing it's gonna be on showtime it will debut before the fight between uh, uh mayweather and one of the paul brothers so tune in to watch that it's a four-part documentary and it'll be on demand from showtime from that period forward we're gonna take a short break when we come back, we will have the interview with Melita Johnson. So sit back, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Time Is Now. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. Well, all right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. We got the logo, Jerry West, turning 83 this week. And the head of the table, Roman Reigns, turning 36 this week. Glenn Rice is turning 54 this week. And yeah, baby, Mike Myers is turning 58 this week. Carmelo Anthony is turning 37 this week. And Rashida for Love and Hip Hop is turning 45 this week. Harrison Barnes turning 29. And Remy Ma turning 41. Octavia Spencer from Hidden Figures and from The Help also turning 49 this week. 
and Nate the Great Robinson, who got knocked out by one of the Logan Brothers the other month, turning 37 this week. CeeLo Green turning 46 this week. And I, yeah, yeah, JT Money turning 42 this week. And Lord Scott Disick from the Kardashians turning 38 this week. And Alberto Del Rio turning 44 this week. And Lauren Hill turning 46 this week. Colin Farrell turning 45. And Bo Lee and Bo Dallas is turning 31 this week. Lenny Kravitz is turning 57. And Natalia Neinhardt, Natty, is turning 39 this week. And Jaheem is turning 43, 43 this week. And Jake the Snake Roberts is turning 66. Seth Rollins is turning 35. And hey, y'all, Andre 3000 is turning 46 this week. That is nice without her pips is turning 77 this week. And Shanoa Hampton, my favorite member of Sheamus. And go ahead and watch the series if you don't know why. Thank you later. It's turning 44 this week. And he's going to protect your blind side. Michael Orr turning 35 this week. Jada Kiss turning 46. Waka Flocka Flame turning 35 this week. Latoya Jackson and Reby Jackson turning, well, Reby turning 70. Latoya turning 65. And my spiciest of all Spice Girls, Mel B turning 46 this week. Brooke Shields turning 56. And Nia Jax turning 37. And Get Off My Lawn, Clint Eastwood turning 91. And Orange is the New Black with Laverne Cox, who's turning 49 this week. We have some honorable mentions. John Wayne passed away in 1979. The original Cowboy turning 114. Would have been 114 this week. Famous trumpet player, Miles Davis, passed away in 1991. Would have been 95 this week. Lisa Lepti Lopez, who tragically passed away in 2002, would have been 50 this week. And finally, JFK, who was tragically killed in a motorcade in 1963, would have been 114 this week. That's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now back to our show. Hello. Hey, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? Fantastic. Um, just want to give you a shout out. Thank you for being on the show. Really appreciate you and everything you do. Can we, would you like to uh, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, where do I begin? Um, I am Melita Johnson. I am a mother of three a wife and i'm also your sister (laughs) (laughs) i um am from california we're really like lost the um, outer los angeles area i went to ucla and achieved a bachelor in science and psychobiology then i went to usc across town uh and achieved a master's in health administration had worked in that field for a number of years for a number of organizations, well, a couple organizations, um, and served um, in leadership roles. I am currently working as a real estate agent, which I'm very proud of because I think it's important that you grab onto the things you enjoy doing and do those things. I am working as a yoga instructor, and uh, more importantly, I am the founder of the Elgin Foundation for Wellness, which is a mental health and wellness platform that um, works to eliminate stigma 
promote mental health awareness and reduce the rate of suicide in the community. Um, we have a lot of work ahead of us and um, I'm just grateful that I have been able to do this work thus far and to do it successfully. So thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a resume. Okay, <laughs> so um, I want to talk a little bit more about you know what's currently going on in the world right now, not just California, but this world, mm-hmm. uh, how this pandemic, when it all began. When did you start noticing um, or paying attention to this pandemic? Um, well, starting in December, when you were hearing just small rumblings of what was happening in Wuhan, but um, at the time it was it was there was great levity, and folks were thinking it was a joke. And even I kind of had a lot of skepticism about like whether or not this was going to be something that is worse than the common cold or flu. And then in January is when I began to take it more seriously, and I engaged, you know, with a number of folks who were in the in. still there the 19 really was you know okay. and then we started to see what happened around the world you know beginning with china and then going spreading throughout europe and the numbers just increasing exponentially um it, it made us have to take a closer look at what was happening and wonder what something like this happening in the united states and of course you know as americans we're like oh that's not gonna happen to us it's just fine. We'll be okay. And now we're seeing our numbers with the reported cases over a million, you know, and that's when we, we went on shutdown, what, May, March 19th? I mean, I've been shut down since March 14th, but... I Your mean, birthday. Right. And so, um, yeah. So, I mean, I've been taking, I've been following this thing closely since December. Wow. Very similar story. Um, so with this pandemic going on, um, how, how has it affected you and your family directly? Well, <laughs> well, for me, um, because I have lupus, which is a, an acute autoimmune disease, and I have specifically sy- systemic lupus erythematosus, um, I have this illness uh, attacks um, different bodily functions and organs. And so I take... Um, immunosuppressants to you know basically to control my white blood cells but with that you know my immune system is compromised so I literally don't go anywhere the most you know action I get so to speak is walking around my community with my children with my mask on once a day so I mean I don't even get into the car and drive anywhere I'm literally isolated socially or at least physically not socially (laughs) excuse me um, with regards to uh, my children, I've been having to homeschool them, and that has that has that has been challenging, I would say, because it's three of them, and I have to manage all of their activities. And specifically with the elementary school child, um, they have a number of platforms that they're working off of, and it is quite difficult to keep up with the different tasks on, on a daily basis. And so, say it is it is a challenge. It, it's doable, but it is a challenge. And with my husband, he doesn't have, he goes into work like twice a week. And so he um, is able to do our grocery shopping and stuff like that. So, I mean, it definitely is a new norm, but it's not one I'm fearful of. I feel like we've gotten this opportunity to spend time with one another, kind of appreciate each other more. And 
you know, not a congested environment with our with our smoggy cars and stuff like that. Right, and, and I have seen the ecosystem make a shift, and I think that's been one of the, the bright spots around the world is us how we contaminate it, and then us being away for so long, how it just started to heal itself. I thought that was tremendous mm-hmm. um, to say the least. So we might have to figure. Out, I'm with the Dries Elba. We should do something like this at least once a year, um, maybe for at least a week. Like like he said, some people were, were against that idea, but I don't, I don't think they were understanding what he was saying. So pretty much. By doing so, people don't lose their jobs if you don't lose income, but it's already government paid for. You know what I mean? And and just to have that time where we're good with family and then it gives the world a chance to heal itself from all of our contamination. I think that that would be the only positive. That that I, When he said it, that's what I took from it. Um, with, with this whole pandemic going on, um, you know, with your astute resume, let's focus more right now on the... Um, the home loan side or, or the, the home buying side. How has the market shifted since this pandemic has uh, occurred? In terms of, um, we so um, in January, it looked like it was going to be a promising year. You know, folks are always looking for opportunities to, uh, to find a deal, to find, you know, sort of the next big recession to hit. And so a lot of the times in the past, I would speak with folks and they're like, oh, okay, I'm waiting for things to, to calm down a bit. But it was looking quite the opposite in January and in February, even with the looming pandemic, you know, ahead. Now what we're seeing is that the interest rates on um, home loans have gone up. Right now, folks aren't, aren't um, if you've called into certain lenders, you may be able to avoid paying your loan payment for several months and then maybe having the opportunity to restructure your loan um, and put those three loan payments or however many loan payments at the back of the loan. And so it's affected sort of refinance rates and all these other different things where folks were refinancing a lot in February. In March also, we're seeing that the interest rates are a bit higher and they're refinancing maybe a little bit less. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, um, in terms of the market, we're, we're definitely, it's impacted the market significantly. Um, at first we were thinking it wouldn't, but right now in, in LA County, you're not able to show homes. And only recently, so show homes, when I say show homes, I'm sorry, we couldn't show homes, but when you show homes, um, you had to do it virtually. And so um, there wasn't this ability to show homes in person because of, you know, because of the risk of catching the disease. But now um, you might be able to show homes if the homes are vacant. Um, some people are sort of breaking the law and, you know, just doing the things that they feel like they may need to do so that they can survive. But it definitely has um, hit the market. I was fortunate enough to close um, a couple deals, but we, you know, we had started the process before we knew we were going to be shut down. And even though we closed the deals during the shutdown, during the social isolation, they were able to move into their homes and sort of be happy in that in those situations in those spaces. But people right now are feeling a little fearful because. You know, I have clients right now who are wondering, okay, do I risk my life or risk my, you know, livelihood to go look for homes, get sick, and then I can't enjoy it because, you know, maybe I get really ill or I die, you know? 
And so I just, you know, what I encourage a lot of my clients to do right now is just to kind of pause for a moment. You know, the home, the home that is for you is out there and we will find it. But what I don't want you to do is risk your life to find something that may not even be for you at this point in time. So, yeah, that makes total sense. And and with regards to those rates going up, the rates are a reflection of risk. And right now, the banks are probably hesitant because they're going to increase those rates because there's a higher risk that someone will not pay because of a pandemic and how the um, economy is shifting right now. So that makes total sense. So once this pandemic, the scare is over, those rates most likely will go down because the risk of people not, you know, being able to pay the mortgage should decrease as well. So yeah, we'll be on the lookout for that. My, I, I believe that once this is all said and done, that the real estate market is going to boom. And right. so I just encourage anyone who is out there who wants to buy a home or is looking to sell their home, specifically, this is a message for buyers, get ready. Like get right. your ducks in order if you haven't mm-hmm. already done so. Make sure your credit is, uh, you know, is is at least a 680. At mm-hmm. least there's so many programs out there that can help first-time home buyers. Um, a lot of the times you just have to put down three and a half percent, which is so much better than putting down 20% on a loan. Like there's so many things and so many opportunities. Be ready when this happens because you're going to want to take advantage of that. And I'm the perfect person to help you through it. <laughs> right. We're definitely going to plug that at the end of the show. That's mm-hmm. very important because like, like you said, this could be a blessing for some other people where in regards to if you're still essential or you still have money coming in and you have been furloughed or laid off and you still have income coming in, people are spending less money now because why? We can't go anywhere. We can't yeah. go out on dates. We can't drive around. We can't do anything. We're just getting, going to work, coming home. We're eating at home more. Right. So everyone, everyone's saving more money. And then also insurance, auto insurance companies have been refunding some of their clients because the risk of them getting to an accident has decreased because we're not mobile like we used to. Right. So we have a lot of money coming back to us um, to where we should be saving a little bit more and now we can focus on the next thing and then those rates should drop when this is all over. It should be a buyer's market when this is all said and done. So excellent, excellent advice. So we're gonna go into another portion of your resume. You, you were talking about how you are a um, yoga instructor. Um, how can things like yoga and meditating be good at this period of time in our lives so what um yoga and uh, truly mindfulness does is it helps to reduce stress and anxiety and what it really does is you have a a, a system your brain okay let's just talk from the brain's perspective um within the brain you have the amygdala and the, the amygdala is responsible for, you know, is an emotional responsible character. I'm, I'm saying this wrong, but it's a feature or a function has a function in the brain responsible for um, anger and, you know, sort of posting fear, those types of emotions. But when you meditate, it helps to reduce the um, functionality of the amygdala and really what happens just on a a larger scale is it the meditation the mindfulness the yoga helps to activate another part of the brain which is really important and that part of the brain is called the prefrontal cortex the prefrontal cortex is sort of is like the higher level 
functioning like the executor of the brain, right? It's the part of the brain that allows you to sort of think at, on a higher level. It allows you to reduce impulsivity. It allows for, you know, just the, the entire thinking process to just be, to feel more clear. And when, when you're in a calm state, you know, when you're not in this fight or flight state, but if you, when you're in, in sort of like a rest and digest state, you can think more clearly. Have you ever experienced a time when you're taking a shower and a bath and all these thoughts pop into your mind? Like, oh my gosh, you need to do these things. Or you have all these bright ideas about how you can change the world or whatever it might be. Or maybe your business plan comes to mind at those times. Has that ever happened to you? Absolutely. Yeah, it's because you're at peace. You're calm. You feel rested. You don't, you don't feel like you have to jump up and get to the next task what's what you've triggered is you triggered triggered a part of your brain that allows you to to sort of have this higher level functioning because you're able to increase focus and so that's you know a part a part of what i I had done when i created the elgin foundation for wellness as i said i also want to create a space a safe space where we feel comfortable um, with sort of a moving meditation with um, and I didn't want to just say everybody needs to exercise or you need to find your space you need to find a therapist you need to do these things I wanted to be a resource in that matter and so I had been practicing yoga for a number of years but then I decided to get my yoga certification so I could teach it and I could teach people how to be more mindful how to find comfort and and in movement and breathing through situations um and so i really strongly believe in the practice practicing mindfulness practicing moving mindfulness like yoga or finding your space if for some people it might be running for some people it may just be walking or um taking a nice long bath every day Um, I do encourage meditation on a daily basis. It is so helpful to create that clarity that you may need to carry on, uh, you know, uh, the the day. Um, I also recommend um, having a gratitude journal, a space where you can, on a daily basis, write down the things that you're grateful for, especially during these times, you know, we can find that we are very fearful and we're anticipating the worst or we're anxious about something but there's still those are those things that we're fearful of or those things we're anxious about those things are things a lot of the times that we have almost no control over you know or no control over and so having a gratitude journal can give you a space where you can be grateful for the things that you may have control over like perhaps your your ability to talk or to think freely or to have feet to walk or to have a home to live in. I mean, there are so many things that we can be grateful for. And a lot of the times, especially in times of crisis, we might lose touch of the things that we still have. And those things are so important just for our everyday functioning. So, but yeah, just definitely would, um, as a yoga instructor, but as more importantly, as a human being, I think it's so important to be in tune with your what is going to provide you with peace and for me it's yoga for you it may be something else but finding that space and committing to a daily practice even if it's five minutes committing to something every day this show is brought to you by pure diamond auto 
With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's awesome. You know, I've done, I've attended one of your yoga classes is actually not as easy as it looks very difficult as me as a former athlete. Uh, it, it was tough. I was sweating. <laughs> Things were hurting that I didn't know I had. So, uh, it was very good though. But in the end I was, um, did feel at peace. Um, had a lot of gas go through me. I well, you know, that. that's the like, interesting wow. part because yoga can <laughs> help in so many ways, right? So a lot of folks, there's this misconception, number one, that yoga is a religion. It's not. Number two, yoga is about, only about stretching. It's not. Um, you know, there's all these different myths and really yoga is a multifaceted functioning have multiple capacities and can work so many different things and one of the things is it can aid of course in you know building strength aiding in flexibility digestion it can help with menses it can help with mental clarity it can help with arthritis it can help just has so many different functions i really feel that through me my daily practice in yoga has helped me with managing my lupus you know Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's I have noticed a huge change in you since you've um, taken this journey um, through mindfulness. So I really think that's an awesome thing. Everyone should really get into that. And check that out. Um, finally, before we wrap up here, um, you mentioned a couple occasions, your foundation. Can you tell us a little bit more about it, please? Yeah. So, excuse me. In 2012. Well, let me just begin from the beginning. So I also you. We had a brother named Elgin Stafford, and he was a phenomenal human being, and he had just such a humongous love for life, but he had been battling some things that we weren't even quite clear of. We didn't have a full understanding of the scope of what he was dealing with, and even though he, you know, would try to share some of the things he was dealing with with regards to his mental health, we just, you know, as a family, we were afraid, and we just didn't understand how we could help at the time. Um, in 2000, March of 2012, he had, he was, he was experiencing some extreme emotional distress. And in the end, um, he lost his battle with mental health to suicide. This took me on a years, years, plural, long um, emotional journey with anxiety and depression something that i had never truly experienced with that with regards to that um and had lived in you know a dark space for a while um and i didn't even realize i was sort of moving through this dark space um it wasn't until my husband had recommended therapy and it was really a like a marital counseling but the therapist said, you know, you have a lot of unresolved issues surrounding your brother's death that you, that I would strongly recommend. And I would invite you to seek therapy for yourself. Yes, for your marriage is important, but for you to seek therapy for yourself is key. 
Like there's nothing else in your life that will be improved upon if you aren't um, working towards having a healthier mind. And so it was at that moment that, you know, I realized that I, you know, sort of needed therapy and I needed to kind of work on, on me. And it was through the therapy that I realized that I had been walking through or moving through or journeying through a depression, you know, um, um, that stemmed from my brother's death. But it was also from the therapy that I knew that I had to, from and from Elgin's death, that I knew I had to do something. I had to move differently. I couldn't, it couldn't be the status quo. I couldn't just say, these things are happening and I'm, I can, I couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable just sitting still. And so I knew I had to do something and that, and from that came um, the, the birth of the Elgin Foundation for Wellness, which we were able to create, to, to found on his actual birthday, August 27, 2016. His birthday that year fell on a Saturday and I called the state of California to ask, to beg them to please allow the actual founding date to fall on his birthday, which is a Saturday. And they were able to bless us and do it for us on that very day. And when that happened and all the things that came together in the universe, everything came together to make sure that we could create a space where people might feel safe. Maybe they felt invited to or welcome to seek within their themselves improving on upon or working upon or building upon their own mental health so that you know when times of tragedy or times of crisis or times of fear or times of happiness times of joy with all the different things that come up in our life we'll know how to encounter them because we have we feel like we're in safe spaces or we feel like we can go seek therapy or, or do yoga or run or do things that can help us along our journeys with ourselves you know whether we're happy or sad or anxious or we'll have we'll feel like we have the tools and so it's through the ever building um this amazing organization where we create this space where you can feel safe and we share vital information we provide um workshops and trainings and we give scholarships to people to to high school students who want to uh, study mental health um, in practice or pe- even people who have struggled or dealt with a mental health personally or through a family member or are just familiar with it or have strategies on how to improve the system. Like we have scholarships for all the folks, for all the students and really want to encourage, you know, our younger people to make sure we're taking care of our mental so that we can have, a, you know, an amazing life moving forward. We also have a mentorship program where we mentor young girls at a local middle school and really teach them self, um, self-confidence, you know, self-identity. That's important, you know, especially at that very critical age in adolescence. It's important that they identify or at least attempt to identify and then be proud of themselves. And we encourage them and we empower them and we just, you know, continue to hope for a bright future for them through the tools that we provide them so i mean we have a multifaceted organization and as you know with the pandemic we've had to shift or think about new strategies on how we can continue to be a service in our community and so i can't wait to share those with you in the near future wow that's amazing um i I know with now the state of the world all these things that you provide should be very essential with our mental health and what people could be going through 
being at home, maybe getting a little bit of cabin fever. Um, and then, you know, helping now that they're home, they can probably start getting online and joining you every Monday to do your yoga classes to help them with all the anxieties and, and bodily functions they may have issues with in their, in their own mental state. And then, of course, you know, later on um, when they could be saving up to give them a, a new home, which could all only help with their mental state and, and everything like that going forward. So uh, I know you got to go. And you have another um, thing you have to do. You, you, you're always busy, always moving, which is awesome. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. And I look forward to seeing how the rest of this year uh, pans out for you. So before you go, go ahead and unplug um, all your different organizations. and, and, and Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate you for having me on your show. I know I'm your sister. You're not obligated to do so. I didn't pay you, but I am grateful. I'm grateful <laughs> that you created a space where we can talk about different things, including mental health, including real estate, including, you know, just being financially or fiscally responsible. Like you created this amazing space. Even to talk about sports, because those those things are very mm -hmm. important. Being this active, is a sports show, by the way. Important. We're we're just veering off right now because this still does tie into sports. So in the end. right right because what we've seen is that a lot of our athletes have trouble with fiscal management mm -hmm. have trouble with or are dealing not have trouble but are dealing with mental health challenges mm -hmm. as we speak because why because they're human right. right and so i think that what you've done is create this amazing platform that can transcend so many different uh communities and i'm grateful for that before i go um please be sure to follow us at the elginfoundation.org um www.theelginfoundation.org we are on instagram at the elgin foundation that's t-h-e-e-l-g-i-n foundation f-o-u-n-d-a-t-i-o-n um, be sure to follow me at Be Well With Mel. My name is Melita Johnson. That's Be Well With Mel. That's B-E-E, -E well, W-E-L-L, -L, with, W-I-T-H, Mel, M-E-L. And before I go, I want to say one last thing. I want to send so much love to each and every one of you. We will get through this. And before, as you start to feel different sensations, as you begin to feel perhaps moments of fear or anxiety i want to leave you with one lasting thought i want you to stop i want you to stop and with stop i mean the s the s stands for stop the t stands for take a breath take a breath perhaps you inhale for four seconds and then you exhale for four seconds and maybe you do that for about three or four minutes. The next thing, the O, is observe. Observe what's happening in your body. Is your mind racing? Is your mind feeling calm? Is your heart beating fast? Just observe what's happening in your body. And then lastly, proceed. If When you feel comfortable, proceed with your day. Proceed with the rest of your thoughts. But instead of sort of moving so fast through life as you are feeling certain things be sure to stop and to take care of yourself send me so much love thank you so much for having me michael <laughs> i really appreciate you got you. it you enjoy the rest of your day and i will talk to you i'll be back because i have some more stuff all right well so you, you might be a sponsor you. going down who knows you might have to have you <laughs> hey that's what i'm talking about hey, hey, hey. <laughs> all right i'll talk to you righty have a good one you too bye, -bye. bye. Thank you.
we do not own the rights to this music. I don't want to cry, I don't want to 
That was 1-800-273-8255 by Logic. And I believe that's the um, suicide helpline. Apple, you know, just well played played out. Logic is someone who's dealt with mental health issues. Um, someone who deals with being bipolar. And in true transparency, so does your host, myself, Mike Stafford. And being this is Mental Health Awareness Month. And, you know, we spoke about the Elgin Foundation, named after my brother, my baby brother, Elgin Olu Stafford. It's all about true transparency. Many times on this soapbox segment, we talk about different things. Um, Usually, especially now during the times of turbulence in our society when it comes to... uh, the police and our interactions with them. I want to take this time to reflect and, and be completely transparent with everyone. And I believe in the spiritual realm, we talk about testimonies and those testimonies are there to save other ones' lives or their souls. And back in March, 2012, my baby brother started having a mental breakdown i thought it was a spiritual warfare it could also been that as well so it was around one something in the morning where he says he's calling my phone actually called my phone i didn't know i was in the shower getting ready for bed for work the next morning i'm like dude what's going on is there a fire and he was like yeah it feels like everything around me is on fire i was just like what and i I began to text back and then i actually called him and he's saying he's having convictions in the spirit. He doesn't feel whatever. He doesn't, you know, he's having conf- conflict in his sexuality and all those different things. And I told him something I did when I was young or a freshman or a sophomore in college, when I was on that journey. And I told him to write everything down. I said, hey, write, write a letter to God. Get it off yourself. Take it to the altar and give it all to him. And... He said, okay, we talked for about 10 minutes or so. He said, okay, Mikey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love you. Little did I know that'll be the last time I'll hear my brother's voice. As moments later, later that morning, it was around four or five, at, by the time, you know, everything happened. So this is around one something in the morning. Four hours later, so I rewind. He went to go to my parents. My mother came and checked in on him because he was calling many other people. Trying to get a whole soul was crying out for other people. And then he went ahead and then my mother was awakened by one of the messages or calls from one of his friends. So they went in there. So while he's writing everything down, I, I know this because I saw everything later. He wrote down like two things. He barely got a sentence out before my mother came in and checked on him and then allowed him to stay in the room with them for a little bit. His room's right down the hall. At this time, my dad's ill, but he was still able to walk a little bit. But now he's in the wheelchair. But this time, he can walk upstairs. And but he couldn't move quick because his illness was taking effect on 
and he asked my parents mind you my brother was 23 at the time he said hey can i can i get in the bed with you guys can i get in the bed with you guys and my dad was like uh no <laughs> that's weird and my mother said, well, I, I'll put you to bed, sweetheart. Because, you know, it was getting later. It was like four or something, five in the morning at this point. And she went ahead and um, tried to tuck him in and said whatever, you know, to comfort him. And for some odd reason, jumped up out of bed. No socks or shoes on, just in his pajamas. And darted downstairs. And you can see him, my parents had cameras or have cameras around their homes. You can see on the video him just flying, looking like it was a ghost floating on air. And I rewound the tape, you can see my mother's hand. It looked like a ghost, like reaching for him, but it was my mother's hand barely missing the edges of his shirt to snatch him back in the house. Trying to catch up to this young athletic male, she almost caught him. And what held him up, they put a lock on the top of the door. They put that there because when he was a child, he used to walk out in the street and said, I'm home alone. <laughs> had two working parents, you know, and, and I don't know where I was at the time because I'm the closest in age, but he was five, so I was like 12. I don't know, maybe I was chasing a girl. I have no clue, but he would go out in the street and do that. So my dad put a, lock, a latch at the top. So he opened the door and it slowed him down enough because he had to unlock that. He had to close it to unlock the latch and my mom almost caught him, but then she did not. And he took off. We never saw him again alive. He washed up in the Dominguez Channel in Carson, right outside of Pet Boys, 10 days later. And you never know. And the reason why, and I was actually one of the ones who was able to see his body because they wouldn't allow us to get close. It was pretty far. So this television station, some um, Latin station was there to try to cover things before the police escorted them away their cameras are set up and I was, he said you want to see and I was able to see my brother laying there on the banks police around him discolored stomach puffed up from the water of days when it was raining around that time and I can see his edge up because the day before that the day before the past we watched Pursuit of Happiness at the barbershop it was our DVD we, they allowed us to play it we were there for a couple of hours and he was looking so rough and he was acting so erratic like he was just not himself and i got him cleaned up because his face was looking all rough he looked like he looked homeless he was staying with my parents for a little bit and i got him cleaned up got him a nice edge up and my parents were actually unbeknownst to him we're about to get we're about to admit him into a psych that very morning so in their minds they're about 24 hours too late and everyone's left with regrets because we saw some signs, but we saw them just a little bit too late. You don't want to think that they will actually do something like this. And for me to identify the body, even though they weren't allowed to hours later, I had to go give the message to my father that something has happened. And I went to the office and you can see that he knew as well that our search for him is concluded. And, you know, to see the look in his eyes, to see that his baby boy is no longer here and lost his battle with mental health. And the days to transpire later and the wake of what happened to our family later. To the point where exactly a year later, 
and I was in the shower at the same time. I got out the shower and I told Karen, and, and the reason why I'm saying this because we just had a conversation recently because my memory has been shot. I've had so many mental lapses that I have things that are blocking parts of my own memory. Come to find out, I also deal with mental health issues now that I'm even medicated on them. Just to give you a little bit of background on that. I had a mental breakdown. Started having a sense of deja vu. And I said, I'm gonna go to the gym. I need to clear my head. I didn't even realize it was a, a, the anniversary. I had no clue. It was like something, a spiritual thing was happening. I went into the car and I started driving. And this song played on loop. It was a song that I dedicated to my brother called Stay the Same by Joey McIntyre. The song I played for him before I went off to college because I was gonna leave him home with, with our parents. And it was, the song goes, don't you ever wish you were someone else. You were made to be the way you are exactly. Don't you ever say you don't love yourself. And the, you look up the song, but I played that song because I knew that he was homosexual. I knew it for a long time and I wanted him to feel confident in himself. It's one of the rarest loving moments we had because I was such a bully to him growing up. I was over macho and he was overly sensitive. We were the complete opposite. As much as I prayed and wished for a younger brother, because I was a young boy with two older sisters. At the time, I only knew of one. The other one came later, but I, I, I didn't have any anyone to play with. And I was bullied on the block. I was a little kid. I didn't get big till later. So those of you who know me, you can see where the aggression comes from. But I just wanted someone to play with, someone to call my friend. And lo and behold, I had a little brother who was the complete opposite of me, and all I did was bully him. So I hold that for the rest of my life. A year later, things started to circulate and um, spiritual things started taking over. And that song came on in my car and it played on repeat. Then after that, my memory shuts down. And what I could recollect from that, from what we can see from the footages and other stories, was that somehow I ended up in my parents' area back of their home in Carson. At the time, I lived in Diamond Bar, California. That's a 40-minute drive. And on the tape, you can see, and as I everything turned around you see my face on the camera and i took off running just like my brother and i thought it was a dream because i can see myself running top speed all the way down all the way down the streets of denwall and back up on 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 avalon you guys know these streets actually that's delamo running down delamo boulevard towards the bridge after you pass avalon in the city of carson and i approached the area where I guess my brother may have done the inevitable and jumped. I did everything, I guess, but jump because my memory went cold. It's like I was reconnecting to put my soul at ease to know what he did and how he felt in the moment. But I didn't know I did that. I thought it was a dream. And then everything happened to where I reemerged at my parents' house. And I thought, once again, that now that I did complete the act, I thought I was dead because I saw my dead auntie there come to find out it was my auntie from Europe, the other one who was still alive. But in my mind, I saw my dead auntie, but she was there because it was celebrating the anniversary or mourning the anniversary of my brother's death. But I see at the time, I don't know this. So everything is fuzzy. There's people all around and they're talking. I cannot hear them. I don't understand them. So my heart rate starts to shoot up. They admit me into the hospital and in the hospital, 
because of the things my mother this stuff I just found out recently the things that my mother was telling them about what my brother was doing because the things that I said I said I needed to see I needed to see what Elgin did and I don't remember that but so they were like who's this Elgin character and told them what he did so now they put me in the same box and put me as 5150 a danger to myself and maybe others and I get into the ambulance ride and, I, and I'm in a dark room and it's just Karen and I and she's telling me that I'm going to be a father. Now, mind you, I don't remember that she told me when she first found out months ago, just a couple of months ago. I did. I, I, I didn't remember. In my mind, all I remember is that's the first time she told me that was then my, my reason to live is why I say Maya, my daughter, saved my life because I felt a purpose at that time. I was admitted and I was in a psych ward for nearly a week. And so many things happened there. Many people who are listening right now have no clue about this. So I'm being very vulnerable. And I'm being very transparent. And I've been on and off medication ever since to keep me regulated, to keep me settled. I will say this. I do miss the highs of being bipolar. The, the, the highs are great. You, you end up wasting a lot of money, but your spirits are never higher. You don't need drugs to be on that high. But the lows are suicidal. The lows are days when I had my three-year-old daughter lay next to me all day asking daddy to get up and I could not get up to take care of her basic needs. She laid there with her iPad and just laid next to me and went to sleep. When I was, uh, it was a time when I had custody of her. We had joint split custody and I was just sitting there with my child and I could not muster up the strength to get out of bed to take care of my child. That's when I decided to go full time with my meds and have my therapist and so forth and so on. It was a dedication I made to myself to make sure I could be my best self for my child and for my family and of course for myself. A few years later, my cousin did the same thing, committed suicide, jumped off the tower uh, of the, uh, what's that, Long Beach, the uh, Breakers Hotel. Jumped off the 14th floor. That was 2015. So this runs in my family. It's in our DNA somewhere where we, we have this gene that's destructive. And I have to break the cycle for Maya's sake and for my sake. So I'm speaking to those who may have the same battles. Just like in the song, you feel that you're alone. You feel like you'll be doing everyone a favor by just saying, you know what? Let me just end this. You guys will be better off without me you'll be better off thinking for not feeling like you 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 are stuck with someone here who's just going to drag you down but that's not the case people you must understand that your life matters you must understand you must realize that your life is not yours to take your life is shared by those who made it Your life is shared by those people, by your loved ones. It's not yours to take. You must understand that. It is selfish, but however, in that, those times with people who deal with that, they don't understand that. I'm speaking to those first who may have those feelings cross their mind. You must bind those in the spiritual realm. And in the psychiatric and the scientific realm, you need to seek help now before you do something that you would inevitably regret.
now I'm going to speak to the masses, the people who may be surrounded by people, but you don't see the signs. You're not paying attention. You don't think that they're capable of doing those things. You don't realize that these people are hurting. Some of these people may come off as the funny ones in your friendship, the people who always are making people laugh. Some of them may be the people that seem like they have everything under control. The one that you never worry about because they're always on top of things and they're always the one checking in on you. Some of the ones who may live alone or may be in a position to where they always feel like they are alone. The people at the top of the pyramid. Those are the ones you need to check on. The ones who may be a little bit different, the ones who at school and a little different, a little centric, isolated. Those are the ones you need to check on. Let them know that, hey, I see you. I need you. I believe in you. You got this. We got this. Sometimes just a little text or a little call to say, hey, how are you doing? I thought about you. What's going on? Let's catch up. Let's have some lunch. That could save a life. Those of you in their circles who may be of a different sexuality and they may be troubled with that, especially if they grew up in the church, in the Christian realm, or even in a Muslim realm, where it's not accepted and you may be have some conflict with that. Check in on those people. It's not your duty. It's not your job to judge them. Let the Almighty do that. Let him or her do that. It's not our jobs. Our job is to love unconditionally. That's what true love is. I say to you all, express that today and forever. Those of you who've listened over the years, I appreciate you. Over the year, I should say, I appreciate you and I love you. May God bless all of you. Until next time. Well, that's it this week, guys. Really appreciate everyone rocking with me once again. We continue to grow and we're only going to get better from here. So I appreciate all of you guys. Remember to like, share and subscribe and leave a comment and rate as well. I want to give a special shout out to Melita Johnson for sh sharing with us this week. Her second time on two years in a row. Let's keep it rolling every mental health month that you stop in by and give some more things and more nuggets for people to take from as we all go through our journey with our health. Now it's time for our final word. And do not give grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ, God, forgave you. Ephesians 4, 30 through 32. And remember to spread love, share love, Embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace.